You're listening to the Build Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. Do not miss Midco Sports coverage of UND Athletics all fall long, featuring live football, volleyball, soccer, and hockey broadcasts, home and away, plus original shows like Day by Day, Through These Doors, and all the relevant social media updates and info that make you a better fan. That's Midco Sports. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. It is a Tuesday morning, the 18th of October. Alex Heinert, Bill Shaves. Brisk out there, Bill. It, it's uh, it's the middle of fall, but the last couple of days have not felt that way. Not going not gonna to last forever. Just a little brisk right now. Yeah, good to, uh, good to be with you, Alex. Um, <laughs> so we've had some, over the course of our now fifth campaign, I think, here, uh, you, you know, we've... We've had some tenants on our pod, right? Like I think, uh, very simply, we we believe the great ones do adjust. I think um, we I think we've believed Mother Nature and Father Time are undefeated, so that that's one of them. And so I will say this to you: um, where you're probably still warming up from the game on Sunday, where you were outside at Bronson Field, I, we the temperature gauge is going to move up a little bit this week, which, which we did that for you. But again, I can only trust that, but mother nature's in full control. We're just at her mercy sometimes, aren't we? And if, if you don't plan accordingly, bad things can happen. And I don't want to say like, you know, I wasn't aware that it was going to be as cold as it was going to be on Sunday, but I should have probably packed a few additional layers, even though I had packed many for what was going to take place on Sunday afternoon at Bronson Field. But you live, you learn. We'll be in full parka gear next time this happens. But yeah, like I said, great thing. It's just, it's the 60s by the end of the week. We're fine. No more of this feels like 20 outside in the afternoon in October. Yeah, you know, I would say some temperatures are feel a little bit brisker than others. And so that was definitely a, uh, yeah, that was probably a gear up day. <laughs> Well, we are going to gear up on this episode of the Build Shaves Pod. Uh, and as you said, fifth season, episode 119 coming your way. A lot of things to talk about because we are in crossover season. Hockey, football, volleyball, soccer, cross country, everything going on at the same time. So we're going to kind of go around the world of UND athletics and chat, plus maybe a, a conversation or two on the B side that you'll want to stick around for. Uh, I feel like probably starting with hockey is a good place to start. We had a top 10 matchup at the Ralph. The hockey team is going to go play the number one team in the country next week. The regular season is started Two one and one so far. Really an exciting weekend. You you couldn't ask for maybe a better a better advertisement for UND hockey and, and college hockey in general than Friday night with such a incredible atmosphere at the Ralph and excitement and drama and a shootout win for the home team. Those weekends are are, are pretty fun, even if the second game didn't quite go North Dakota's way. Yeah, so I, you're you're right, and in in certainly the. Uh... The hockey seasons kind of it comes in you know maybe quadrants i mean it comes in just its own sort of pace but to have a weekend like that in october um and then back it up you know going to the cities and playing uh the gophers who ascended to the top of the polls this week um should be uh you know just a lot of fun and you're right um a lot of twists and turns in that series uh, it, over the weekend and uh um you know, uh, fought back on, on Friday and, and finally, uh, ended up earning a draw. And then, uh, and then on Saturday, um, had a really pretty good first period. And I thought Quinnipiac's push in the second, uh, you know, just, uh, 
got them to a point where we were starting to chase the game at that point and, uh, and never did follow through and, uh, and, and, and get back into it. So uh, credit, credit Quinnipiac. I mean, they're, a, they're an older veteran team that uh, certainly in uh, led by a coach that's been there a long, long time. Uh, and, and so has been through the um, you know, been through a lot of, uh, uh, games and, uh, and, and NCAA tournaments and, and so very experienced. And, uh, you know, I, I, one thing you do, you, you kind of look at the, the film now and you figure out how do you get better? And, and that's what the team, uh, you know, needs to do, uh, right now, literally, uh, right now. And then, uh, heading into, uh, this weekend. You mentioned Rand and Rand Pecknold and his, his tenure at Quinnipiac. He's been there for 29 years, Bill. he was there when you were there. And it's been a long time since you were there. That he's he's kind of become one of the fixtures on the college hockey scene, and his teams always come to play. And they did this weekend. Yeah, I was uh, I was on the search committee that brought Rand in. So there you go. And uh, the search committee wasn't large. So um, <laughs> I, that's here's that's what I'll say about that. And it was. Uh, and you say, well, that seems odd, or, or however that goes. Um, yeah, Rand. It, initially, he was a part time coach at Quinnipiac. And that was back in, uh, I'll call it the division two, three days. Um, and so then after that, you know, Quinnipiac, uh, you know, went division one and, 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 and he's been there really ever since, uh, so to speak. And, you know, we played at the arena that, uh, was built about mm, eight to 10 years ago. And, uh, it's really a, a nice facility. Uh, and, uh, he's done a great job there. He, he really has. I, I know he can be, uh, frustrating. Uh, maybe as a fan and uh, but but certainly I think he was trying to give his team the best possible advantage and that's what you do and uh, you know from there Alex it's just a matter of the rules of the game and so at the end of the day you play within the rules of the game and we, we could have Eric Martinson back on at some stage of the game <laughs> but at the end um, you know I think there was a you know a little bit of level of frustration uh, among our fan base uh, in in the arena as well as just kind of how things maybe played out a little bit on Friday and um, and you know hopefully uh, even even our officials will get better and learn from it as well. Yeah, it was, I think, lost in the madness of a 5-5 tie where you see one team come back from three goals down twice, another team get behind and then score late to send it to overtime. Lots of penalties in overtime, too, a lot of four-on-three hockey. Yeah, there were several moments there where you had Quinnipiac kind of playing sort of the part. They, they really played the part of a road villain almost and some of the delayed tactics after a goal was scored and kind of taking their time on challenges or on pads being undone and then put back together in goal. And, and again, like you said, within within what the referees were allowing, I'll say that. Maybe the, the rules of the game maybe got stretched a little bit on a couple of occasions, but the referees let it go. And so I, they, they did a good job in playing a road game that tried to suck the atmosphere out of the building of course, UND again scoring three goals in the third. It didn't matter. The, the building still erupted anyway and helped lift them to that result. Saturday, same story, though. Like, they were able to kind of suck the air out of the place, with, but more on their play you know, versus what was going on behind the scenes. Uniquely, Quinnipiac came in at number eight. Now they're number three, where North Dakota was. And so it's kind of a fun flip-flop between the two. It's a really good team. And UND is going to have tough weekends like that against top teams. And they're going to have great great results like that as well. But a good building block for this group as they move forward yeah. uh, towards a big series in the Twin Cities and then towards the Hall of Fame game now in two weeks. 
Yeah. And, you know, we won't know, you know, we could get into this in football too, right? Like at the end of the day, you don't know until the end of the year when you look back on the kind of seasons teams have. We're going to anticipate. I think though, Quinnipiac's a pretty good team. I, I think they're going to probably have a good year. And if you looked at their schedule going into the year, this may have been the only top five um, opponent on their on their schedule. Now, other teams may work themselves into that. So I will just say that as of this conversation right now. So this was a huge, huge weekend. It was a big weekend for us too, of course, but it was a big weekend for them as well. And uh, and so, you know what? You're right. I, I kind of like the way you put it. They, they sort of played a role. They played a part. And, uh, you know, I think a veteran team can kind of do that a little bit. Now, I do believe this. I think it's going to benefit our team though too because we've got a group that I, I you know, I think we're all bullish on to some degree, but you've got to go through the season and you have to like figure out, ooh, we got to get better in that area or that area. And you know what? I think, you know, we've got film in which, um, you know, Quinnipiac, you know, took advantage of, of some of our um, deficiencies uh, over the weekend. And you know what? We got to clean them up and there, no better chance uh, to go clean them up when you're now going to play the top team in the country. Yeah, what a what a fun thing that will be this weekend. Again, it was we knew it was going to be a difficult start with all of these heavy hitters early. And like you said, that only is going to help your team get ready for conference play and then eventually for what the postseason when it comes around in March. But it's a Minnesota team that comes in off a bye. <laughs> so they've had a little a little time to rest up, although it's early in the season. Um, but yeah, the, the Gophers are a very skilled team. It's unique that the contrast of styles we will see from one week to the next with this Quinnipiac. But again, both both right now top three teams that you're facing, one very much veteran, defensive. You know, we want to be aggressive on the forecheck and, and then really pack the house and be tough to break down. Minnesota is young and fast, and we want to fly the zone and have our guys show off their skill, and it's all these first-round draft picks. It's just funny, again, in college hockey, how you can have two teams, and you can throw – I mean, North Dakota is a great blend, I think, of both of those things. But you've got two teams who are both national title contenders creating a, a team and a culture and a style of play completely different from the other. And we get to see them in back-to-back weeks. It, no doubt, no doubt. And I think that's the beauty of kind of the schedule that that Coach Barry's put together. I I think um, I think the second night as well that I was impressed with, with Quinnipiac, it felt like they really made it difficult for us to get through the neutral zone. And they 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 really kind of clogged things up a little bit, and uh, they did a good job with that. And so all that to be said, though, I, I think that those are ways you can continue to build and get better. And I – you're right. We're just going to see a different style th- this weekend, and we've got to be prepared for it. Larger ice surface, and so we've got to figure that one out. Um, but at, at the end of the day, uh, I think our guys will be dialed um, as far as just you know looking at looking at film as far as you know what transpired, and uh, probably no better teacher than that. So uh, so yeah, excited for this weekend. Should be great down in the cities and uh, I know our guys will be jazzed up to get on the road and uh, and play the Gophers. Yeah, we know this fan base will be as well. 7 o'clock both nights this Friday, Saturday. If you can't make it to 3M Arena at Mariucci, you can watch the games on Valley Sports North. Should be a lot of fun. Great reunion between two of the top programs and the best rivalry really in the game. It was a split last year in Grand Forks. Last time we went to Minnesota over Thanksgiving weekend, things went pretty well uh, for UND. So we'll see if they can have a repeat of that and get back on track early in this campaign. And then, because our next pod will not be until post-Hall of Fame game, 
Just a quick word on what's coming on the 29th of October, Bill. Arizona State in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. Huge series between now and then, but from an administrative perspective, that's the next big event for the hockey team that you're going to be in charge of. What's the buzz now around the athletics department about that particular event coming yeah, up? Yeah, and so, um, you know, Jody Hodson does an awesome job and our, our, our partners and teammates at the Ralph. And so, you know, I, I would I would be remiss in saying, you know, he's – locked in right now like he's in the driver's seat and uh he's rolling so honestly sometimes you got to know when to get out of the way and so you know what i just uh let him roll but no we're excited about it obviously it's happening you know next week we know that um you know many 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 folks from grand forks are heading to vegas and it's going to be an awesome awesome experience but what we learned last year you know we're going to get arizona state's best shot and you saw a Penn State team last year that played at another level that day. And so, obviously, it feels like a million miles away, that game right now, because of the the two we have in the cities this weekend. But uh, it will be exciting for sure. And, you know, it'll be, uh, be a lot of fun. Uh, it was the last time in Vegas, but now being in T-Mobile, I think it'll probably bring it to another level. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, 17,000 people getting ready to watch again, North Dakota, Arizona State. The game starts at 9 o'clock Central Time on the 29th. Our pregame coverage, because again, Midco Sports gets a chance to broadcast this again, which we're excited about. We'll take the show on the road and we'll have a pregame show starting at 8.30 leading into a 907 puck drop. And it's going to be a ton of fun. We're thrilled to again be able to partner with UND and get the, get to put this game on our airwaves. So can't wait. Like I said, big weekend coming up. Don't want to look too far ahead, but again... That's just around the corner, something to really get excited about. A lot of good things going for this team, who, again, still is 2-1-1 one, one after a great sweep of Holy Cross. And as shown, there is a ton of potential within this group, and I think it's going to be another pretty good year. But they've got to figure themselves out, right? I mean, every team is it's every team's its own. Like, in the you know, so you get uh, seven new guys into the locker room with the blend that's coming back, and we know they're, you know, uber-talented, but at the end of the day, it still has to mesh. And so I, I would say, you know, no better way of, you know, getting some stiff, hard tests and then trying to figure out what that means and then evaluating and evaluating it and hopefully getting better the next weekend. Yeah. So hockey right at the beginning of their season, women's soccer towards the end. We are down to the final weekend of the regular season for Chris Logan's squad. This is a soccer team that, again, last season finished at the bottom of the conference. They've been up as high as third not too long ago couple of tough results in a row again they go on the road last weekend they pick up a, a narrow late loss and then a draw against oral roberts in kansas city they come back home big rivalry match against ndsu uh chris really thought they outplayed the bison in that game outchanced them the bison able to get a penalty in the second half they get a two nothing win and now north dakota just on the outside looking in of top six they're in seventh right now with two matches to go Everything to play for here, though. Six points on the line still for this team. It'd be a huge thing if they can get a couple of results and find themselves in the postseason. And again, both matches at home coming up this weekend. Yeah, got to find a way. Um, uh, certainly, uh, you know, again, I really haven't done the math, Alex, but you're 100% right. I mean, I, you, you're going to need three or four for sure. Um, and, you know, South Dakota State comes in as one of the few, if not the only 
school in the country. Well, maybe there's okay. A couple others that, that have not lost a match this year. Now they've tied some matches. So it's not as if they're completely, you know, uh, all wins and no losses. I mean, there's, there's actually a multitude of draws in there as well, but uh, we, we know it's going to be a stiff, stiff challenge, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think you're right. Everything to play for. And, it's just interesting, right? Like in that sport, for sure, score first. And boy, you have such a better, I mean, the percentages are crazy. I mean, when we talk Premier League on the other side, I, I read some, you know, silly stat about scoring first and, you know, in, in the, how that works out as far as winning the match. And it's just, uh, it's really kind of ludicrous, actually. And so uh, we got to find a way to get the back of the net. You know, I, I would say if there's one thing this team is, has lacked a little bit is, 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 is you know, scoring goals. And, uh, you know, chances it, this weekend need to turn into goals. There were a few moments in that match against the Bison where it really felt like it was coming. Bailey McNitt had a great turn at the top of the box and sort of got the ball out of her feet with three defenders around her and unleashed a great low shot to the far corner. And the Bison keeper made a great save diving to her left. And if that goes in, now it's 1-1 going into the half. UND hits the bar twice in the second half um, off of set pieces. There were, I, I talked to Chris after the match, and he was just like, I just couldn't believe one of those didn't go in. Like, we had so many scrambles in the box. They created a lot of chaos with flip throws coming in from the side and a number of corner kicks. And sometimes it's just not your day. But again, give, give NDSU credit. They played a really good road game and, and stuck in defensively and took advantage of their chances. Uh, but you could tell it was, a, it was a North Dakota team that probably deserved something out of the match and tough to leave it without anything. Yeah, you know, the wind was a factor. It wasn't a great, great factor, but scoring that first goal certainly helped when you had the wind, uh, you know, at your back. And uh, yeah, they took advantage and uh, found a way, you know, they got the three points and now uh, we're kind of on the outside looking in. So we've got we've got work to do this week. Yeah. As you said, the big thing is get a result. You know, if you can get a result on Friday, it's a three o'clock kick at home. North Dakota is four and two on their home surf this season. SDSU, as you said, even though they have gotten this incredible record, they have drawn, there have been a couple nil-nils that they have played early in the season against even South Dakota, a team that is kind of in that same spot as UND, is kind of fighting for the postseason. It's not out of the question you could nick a result, and then you got to beat the Coyotes on Sunday, and that's a 1 o'clock kick against USD, another team that is in this clump of teams that's on anywhere between 8 and 11 points, all behind Denver and SDSU for the, really the 3 through the, three through the 7 is all pretty tight, so... The uh, opportunities there. Both those matches, by the way, it's supposed to be nice. We talked about it earlier. It's not going to be a repeat of feels like 21 outside as we had on Sunday. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, if you were watching the broadcast, uh, I gave him a shout out on the air. But Louis Jamernick. So it's free blanket day at Bronson. We talked about it at halftime, Bill. 50 free blankets are given away. In the second half, and I've got, you know, a lot, I've got layers on. There's no broadcast booth there. So you're on the, on the pitch. We're pitch side. And uh, I had been, I'd gotten a cold during the week and uh, wasn't feeling the best. And we get 45 minutes in and then through halftime. And now we've you know, been outside for an hour or whatever. And I start to really start to break down a little bit uh, physically. And I'm shivering a little bit on the side. Louis brings over a blanket and, like, covers me up <laughs> while we're on live TV. Like, hey, buddy, I saw you were struggling. Here you go. And that was a lifesaver. I couldn't believe, like, how much that just cut the wind in half. And I was able to finish out the final 30 minutes and uh, then gave, proceeded to give him a hug after we're the match was We're all teammates. We're all teammates. We're all God teammates. That's him. what happens. And so you have to, you know, you never know when you're going to have to give an assist. 
<laughs> He's done a couple on the ice this season that we've appreciated from a UND perspective. This was perhaps his most important, though, to prevent yeah. me from getting hypothermia. So, so there's that. Thanks to Louis. So there is that. So, But yeah, anyway, should be beautiful this weekend. If you can't make it out, though, both matches will be live on Midco Sports and streaming on Midco Sports Plus. So SDSU on Friday at 3, USD on Sunday at 1, final matches of the regular season with the Summit League Tournament, hopefully in UND's future, the following week at either the number one or number two seed. Mm -hmm. Volleyball, by the way, kind of in the turn, right? We've made it through the halfway point of conference play. This this squad came off a weekend where they played essentially the two best teams in the league in, in Omaha and Denver, at least in terms of what have they done in the past and what we've seen this year. Both tough road matches. Omaha got the sweep in the first game on Thursday, but that Denver game on Saturday, again, this is a team that has been one of the best teams, not just in the league, but kind of in the country at different points the last couple of seasons. And that was a marathon five setter that UND comes up just a little bit short, 15, 13 in the fifth. Can, can you take, I know this isn't really the time of year for moral victories when you're in conference play, but man, if you needed a reminder, again, coming off the big win over NDSU on the road to mm-hmm. snap their unbeaten run, to play with this team on the road and be this close to winning, what a great statement by Jesse Tupac and that group. Yeah, I I, I look forward to seeing how we uh, respond at home now because uh, I, we knew Omaha was going to be tough, right? They uh, they won it last year and got off to an interestingly uh, slow start. Kind, lost of, a, kind two, of a slow start. Right? Mm-hmm. Lost two, three, two matches to the South Dakota schools, but then have ripped off some some uh, wins after that. So we certainly caught them at, at a time where they were in really good form at this point. And Denver, um, yeah, so then you have to hop a plane, right, and go to DU, and and they've been the perennial uh, kind of program in the league, and and, and the Tupacs know it well because they spent some time there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we played it, we played it, uh, them very very tough and unfortunately came out on the uh, on the short end and you know we had just come out at a, at, at the right end down in Fargo uh, a kind of a similar type of situation so you know but we've got to bounce back now you know we've got two um, two teams coming into uh, the Betty that we've uh, already uh, beaten on the road and so you kind of have to you know turn it turn it back around and and, and be a either a closer or a cornerback or whatever and you your memory's got to go because we got to turn it on right now. Because after that, uh, the schedule truly really uh, heats back up as well. Yeah. St. Thomas coming to town on Thursday and then it'll be Western Illinois on Saturday morning ish again, or I guess noon, I suppose on Saturday with, with football coming up later, but yeah, big weekend there with two teams sort of towards the bottom of the table, North Dakota right now, by the way, fifth in the summit league, still very much in the postseason picture and in the hunts. Uh, but like you said, yeah, then, then it comes, you know, a big road trip down south with Oral Roberts in Kansas City, then home games against South Dakota, NDSU. A lot of big tests to come, but a great opportunity to get back into that winning feeling this weekend so against teams that North Dakota, as you said, have had success with earlier this season. But I would assume that, you know, these these teams will come and uh, this is kind of their last gasp at this point mm-hmm. in time to try to, you know, kind of catch one of the teams that's kind of within hailing distance, if you will. And so we've got to be on our, we got to be on our game, uh, certainly on Thursday night against St. Thomas. Yeah, big matches coming up. That match, by the way, again, live on Midco Sports and then the Saturday game against the Leathernecks streaming on Midco Sports Plus. The reason why that is streaming is because our truck's going to be at the Alaris Center uh, for the number one team in the country, taking on the number 20 team in the country. Kind of a big 
football game coming up. Again, UND football off this week, an open week, coming off a, a big road victory. Now they get number one South Dakota State, uh, and that'll be a 3 o'clock kick. First time hosting the number one team in the country since 1990, Bill, 32 years. Been a while. Uh, just a handful of conferences and a division realignment. Tom Miller's story on this was great earlier this week in the Grand Forks Herald, just putting this, putting us in that time and place of when the last time was yeah. number one came to town. But uh, SDSU coming off a huge win, of course, over North Dakota State. Great comeback for them in the Dakota marker. For the Fighting Hawks, I mean, four and two, looking good, feeling good. Now you get a shot to really make a statement on this season against a team that you have beaten before in this building just two years ago. Yeah, and uh, I thought played pretty well down in Brookings too. The last game of the year last year, you know, and could, uh, easily we, could have won that game. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we I thought, it, you know, it certainly went sixty minutes, and so uh, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was tough tough uh, tough outcome and you know that could have caught us to six and five and who knows what happens at that point in time if you beat a team like south dakota state on the road but well, yeah we know that they, they've been um they've been a tremendous team over the last certainly decade or so they've been clearly the second best team in the valley uh over that uh, over that time and has had success with uh um ndsu as well and so uh saturday was no different kind of tale of two halves and um seems like ndsu had it all going in that first half but but south dakota state really almost kind of slowed that game down in the second half and really really grinded them uh you know and and found ways to to really stop them i i counted i i i would have thought alex that it was like Maybe uh, the Bison only had 15 plays in the second half. I counted yesterday was 23. And so, uh, um, you know, but <laughs> that's hard, right? I mean, it, you know, we saw what they did to Iowa. And so, you know, we know we know what's coming into the Alara Center. So it's going to be an awesome opportunity for our guys and uh, awesome opportunity for, you know, uh, Grand Forks and the community. And so uh, I know it'll, I know it'll be loud. I know it'll be awesome. And, uh, you know, hey, our 12th our 12th man is is incredibly important on Saturday. It has played a big part in North Dakota's success. Really, I mean, for a long time, not just in recent seasons. Again, the mm -hmm. Alara Center magic that we always talk about seems to pop up when this team needs it the most. And as you said, they will probably need some of that this weekend. Um, it is a difficult opponent, but UND's done a good job this season of, of beating some pretty good opponents as well. Top 10 teams, the likes of Missouri State that was number seven at the time. And yep. you got to think that they will be ready for the challenge. So it'll be fun to see how this one plays out. I, I think so. I, I think so. And um, we know what to expect from them. I mean, they are going to be incredibly talented and um, incredibly difficult. But, uh, but you know, I, 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 I like this team. Our, our guys have, uh, I thought, weathered some storms. And, uh, and you know, the, the one game in Carbondale, I thought Southern Illinois played really well that day. Like, like really well. And if I look at the country right now, I'm looking, I'm kind of looking up and down and I'm going like, there's just a lot of good teams and um, you might catch someone on a Saturday and it's like, they're at another level. And um, you know, so, but we've got to be, we got to be dialed because I know um, they're going to be flying high after what they did down in Fargo. Yeah. So yeah, Bubba Schweigert and the crew four and two right now, two and one in conference. Great opportunity to have a statement win against the number one team in the country. At the same time, too, if for whatever, if it doesn't go their way, still 
you're in a great spot. You've got games coming up that you can kind of get healthy on. I mean, it's getting tough tests to come, but home, home against Abilene Christian the following week at Indiana State, who's much better this year. The Sycamores played in the ESU close a couple weeks ago. Home against USD than at NDSU. It's amazing to think that there are only four games after this week. I know. In the regular season, there's not much time left. But the the way that North Dakota has gone about their business the first six weeks of the season, they're still in good shape. That even even a loss, if that happens this weekend, you still have a whole a whole lot to play for. But it wouldn't be awfully nice. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, you, you're right. Uh, I, I, I took a little peek at uh, the Indiana State Youngstown State game, and Indiana State can score. They, they've their quarterback was really, really good, and they've got a receiver that was, you know, excellent. And so the you put 42 up at Youngstown. I mean, I know they didn't get a result, but uh, it was it was highly impressive. Yeah. So no games are easy in this conference. No. That's, that's for sure. No. And certainly not this weekend. But again, best of luck to. Bubba and the crew as they get to take on the Jacks again. 3 o'clock live on Midco Sports coming up this Saturday. Cross country, by the way, they're gearing up for the Summit Championships to be hosted in Grand Forks. Again, Ray Richards doing the hosting duties coming up on the 29th. They came off a weekend where they were in Peoria, Illinois. The Bradley Pink Classic. And the women finished 19th out of 38 teams. The men 12th out of 25. Uh, Tom Scott said both teams, this is the direct quote, both teams had awesome days. The men averaged sub 25 minutes for an 8K. That's the first time that's happened, I think, in the in the D1 era, I think, in that particular length of race. So positive things happening as those programs start to gear up. The women, by the way, finished pretty well, despite the fact that I think these three of their top seven were all out sick. So Ooh, the yep. depth on that team is growing a little bit. Jaden Keeler, again, kind of leading the way. She's been great this season. Um, but this is a team that is starting to get some things together with some of the championships this, just two weeks from now. This is when you want to peak, Bill. Yeah, if, um, it, and if you're not going to Vegas, um, obviously we've got a home football game that day as well against Abilene. But certainly uh, uh, it'd be a lot of fun to go out and, and really – the, those those races don't take all that long, um, you know, at the championship level. So uh, be out at Ray Richards, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be fun. I I was in communication with Ryan Powell from the Summit League yesterday. Our good friend Ryan Powell, former SID for UND football, among other things, who now works for the league, and he mentions that's uh, he's he's trying to find extended forecasts to see what that weekend is going to be like. And he's like, I'm just, I'm just nervous, man. I'm just nervous, but it's going to be great. I think it'll be just fine. And that's like, go ahead. Bill. We, we looked at it actually. And I don't know how <laughs> it goes. It could be chilly, but it's supposed to be fair skies at this point in time. And it, you know, I, I would say as a, as a runner, I would say, right. I mean, better to be a little bit on the colder side than probably the hotter side and so uh, we had that conversation with coach Camp having been in north carolina and he said you know you can get out of those races when it's hot and you really are having some some students and, and some athletes really struggling at that point huh yeah not the worst thing to be a little bit cool as long as there's no wind right just take That's the right. wind away That's you, can, right. you can deal with That's you know, right. 41 37 you can deal with those sorts of things so that's again coming up on that saturday the 29th the last action of the sort of the quote-unquote normal season after the regular season is now done postseason starts at ray richards with the summit league championships 
Bill, anything else going on? No, you know, and certainly the basketballs are, are gearing up, um, you getting know, they're closer. Yeah, getting closer. Started. Practices are really uh, kicking into gear. And then we've had some sports in, I'll call it in their non-championship segment of their year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the golfs and the softballs of the world and the tennises of the world. And so, you know, we'll save them for their championship segment on the pod. I like that. By the way, good plug for what is coming next week on Midco Sports. We are doing a big Summit League basketball preview that's going to drop on the 25th of October next week. So a chance, an hour-long special for the women, hour-long special for the men. We're chatting with Paul Sather and Mallory Bernhardt and every coach along with a player from each team to kind of get people excited about basketball season. It does sneak up when there's so much going on. And oh, by the way, non-conference play starts pretty much right when November kicks in mm-hmm. so everybody will get back from vegas and there'll be basketball that next week which is crazy so yeah, i know it's great it's around, a great time of year it is it's like uh, there's just always something going on but for for you uh, for us however it goes it's almost uh, to take bubbles it's day by day week by week right i mean you literally got to go event by event that's the way to go about it that's the way we should all go about life let's you know each day has enough worry of its own let's focus on today that's right. That's right. That's or right. Also, maybe like setting aside money for college and retirement. And those There's that too. There's there are those things. Uh, probably a good time to flip over to uh, the B side here, quick. I know Bill's got a meeting coming up. We got stuff going on. There's still time for a B side conversation though. And replay was one of the things you wanted to touch on today. And we 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 brushed by it a bit on the hockey side. It popped up during the Liverpool Man City game. Like we we continue to have these conversations of, is this the best way? to go about our business in the world of sport? And are we executing the technology that we have been privy to in the right manner? It's, it's a really good question, Alex. I, uh, you know, um, Paul uh, Ralston and Tim Hennessy do a morning radio show and uh, Paul rolled on first thing Monday morning and he was just he's done with replay. He's done. <laughs> he's had enough and he wants to he wants to exit out. Um, you know, I'd say this, I, I, I go back to this. These are like my, 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 my officiating slash replay talking points, really hard to officiate, like really hard, really, really hard, especially when you are in a sport that is in constant movement and contact. And so you can see what you want to see in anything probably, but I don't feel to some degree we've helped our officials. And, and I'll say this really, even on the, because uh, you and I spent a lot of time talking about English premier soccer. I'm not sure they have it figured out at this point in time. And, and if that, that I'll call it league does not in a sense, have it uh, figured out. I'm not so sure how, we with all of our sports that we have and certain levels of technology that are either available to you in some arenas, but not all arenas. And then certain things occur. I just don't know if we've put our officials in the best case scenario. Now, Saturday, I would say, yes, the officials got probably caught up in the, excuse me, Friday got caught up in the moment and should have granted a, a re-review of the same play. And because there was a different aspect to the play that Coach Barry was asking to be reviewed. Yeah. For our listeners, again, this is Friday night, North Dakota, 
whistled for an offside after a goal that would have made it 3-2 was disallowed. Quinnipiac challenges. Offside, again, at first glance, you know, you freeze. It's the classic freeze frame, right? You see that the puck has entered the zone and that the North Dakota player has not touched up yet. So, okay, based on this evidence, yes, offside. North Dakota argues, wait, wait. Our player doesn't actually have possession of the puck. This is a semi-dumping. Judd Caulfield kind of... Chips not it quite in. a true chips dump it in, in, but chips, chips it in. in. Chips it across the line to get past the defender. Not in possession. Stick isn't touching the puck. While Louis Jamernick is coming back to touch up. And they, Bradbury, Dane Jackson especially, were trying to get the referees to look again at the full play in live time. You know, slow it down. See that he doesn't have possession. Because that's sort of a new rule based on what we saw last year in the NHL playoffs or sort of a different reinterpretation. Yeah. And the officiating crew was just, I think there was a disconnect between what they felt like was being asked and said, we can't re-review what we just reviewed, but Dane wanted them to look at something different, even though it was the same call. And we ended up just having, <laughs> we had a five minute break essentially while uh, Yanni Peretz like changed his goalie pads for the fifth time, and and uh, the guys argued over what they were actually going to take a look at. Eventually, the goal was chalked off incorrectly, and North Dakota ended up tying instead of potentially winning. It's just a, it's one of those things. So let's let's stay there. Can I? So I, I'm I'm trying to be really thoughtful here, and I don't get too high or low on certain things. You don't know how the game would have turned out. You don't. We have no idea. So, so, so we can't just project a goal means that we win the game. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's fair. No, 100%. But I do think, though, in the moment, the idea of, I'll call it double jeopardy on the same play, that's what it kind of feels like. I think you can do that. And that's what we have to make sure that moving forward, that the officials have that in their toolbox. In their defense, I mean, there has been a lot of... Now, this sort of works both ways. This is a point of emphasis this year for this new rule where the coach has to challenge. Mm-hmm. And I know referees can can choose to go in on like a yep. a disallowed goal. There, there are some things where they can initiate a review, but for the most part, yep. the coach, it, a review has to come from the coach now. Yep. And so I know there's been a lot of talk about this and there's a lot of focus on this. Yeah. It's just tough. Like it's, it's hard to do this, and there's a lot going on. And well, you feel for these guys so, sometimes so, when so, they're in the crosshairs of twelve thousand people well, and some very angry people on the bench. Of course, and that's that's part of it as well. There's an emotional piece to it. Um, you know, yes, you're using technology, but it's humans using technology. Mm-hmm. So it's not a robot that's actually giving you the feedback on what's going on. And it's, it's loud. It's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotional swings going on. Um, Yeah. I, I just, it was, it was fascinating. That's all I'll say. And then, you know, I think, but I think what the rules committee and what Eric would tell you is that the coaches then are kind of into the replay process too. And I think that was the intent of the of these this change and what we're probably learning right now is a timeout is much more disposable than maybe we thought it was at some point it's more important to do a challenge and potentially forfeit your timeout now you you do that a second time and you lose now it's a two-minute minor so that becomes you know obviously a scenario where it probably becomes greater at that stage. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see the data after when it's all said and done 
after the year is done, you know, how many challenges there were, how many were successful and how many were not. It is interesting that through two weeks, we saw Holy Cross, Bill Riga burned through two challenges early, I believe both in the first period and one was unsuccessful and the next one was unsuccessful too. So we had a lost the timeout and then got assessed the penalty. Boom, boom. And then we saw, I believe, I'm trying to think now if both nights, it's all running together, but certainly we had challenges from both coaches and we had, you know, Rand Pecknold use his early in the game as well. And like you said, it does feel like, hey, <laughs> this timeout isn't going to do me any good in my pocket when that goal is on the, when the score has been put up on the scoreboard, perhaps, yes, I should probably use this at this time. So it's, it's interesting. I love the amount of uh, airtime that we've given Ryan Leducer, who's like North Dakota's, one of North Dakota's volunteer coaches who's up in the press box that has the video monitor. And he's on the earpiece with the coaching staff on the bench. And there, there's been a lot of like, hey, do we need to review this? And it feels like more so than ever, because it is coming from the bench now versus we just have to argue about it. Now we need to know, hey, how much of a sure thing is this if we send it to review? Because we will lose our timeout or get assessed the penalty. It's interesting. Yeah. And so all this to be said, um, you know, the, the, the sport that has it right, because there's no contact, you can't go over the net and hit someone with your racket. <laughs> Right. Like you can't go check somebody with your in a tennis match. The curious might. I guess everybody, everybody certain, else. certain folks would like to. <laughs> um, but but it's kind of in and out. Right. And yeah. so the question I would have is, could you actually pare back a lot of things and just say, hey, look, goal over the line or not? And, and because at the end of the day, when we talk Premier League to some degree, we in, we talk hockey, it, it, we we end up going backwards in reofficiating things. And then the question becomes: Is it a hundred zero? Is it a, is, is it a hundred zero, or did we change it from fifty one forty nine to fifty one forty nine the other way? We we saw that certainly in the Liverpool City match where Manchester. Manchester City scores early in the second half to break a nothing-nothing tie. There were probably two fouls on the play, but neither called in the moment. They go back and review and deem an earlier foul in the play that was uncalled in live action, maybe should have been assessed, so they chalk the goal off and give Liverpool a free kick. And, you know, it, it feels right. Yeah, yeah, they missed the call. Like, the guy gets his shirt tugged and gets pulled down, and that allows the play to continue, and they score. But also, too, yeah, it is that sense of was it a clear and obvious foul? Like, was it something that drastically affected the game? If we do it for this instance, then that sets a weird precedent then. Like, anytime there's sort of a cheap foul that you miss, you got to go back and reassess. As a Liverpool fan, like, even if I thought the foul that Holland commits on Allison, the goalkeeper, was, was clear, and that probably should have been the thing that negated the goal, not the previous foul. But regardless, it is funny when you do go back and you start to change decisions that you made on it, with, with the second it, In the buildup. In the buildup. Build where, where, yeah. where then you start saying, okay, so we really are reofficiating. Yeah. So I think we got into this at some point was, was the foot on the line or not in football? Yes or no? That's what it felt like we got in this for. But now we're going backwards and we're reofficiating whether or not that was a foul that shouldn't have led to a goal. And it's like, ooh, that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> you just can't celebrate anymore. You just never know. I, I was watching, so I was getting ready for the 
the UND NDSU soccer match and had the Liverpool game just sort of on in the background and wasn't really watching. But I had the minute by minute from the Guardian up, which is how I watch these things sometimes, just to check in every once in a while to see what the score was. And I click over and see, you know, one nothing Manchester City, just as it happens. And underneath the line, it, you know, it says, you know, goal by Bernardo Silva. The play is under review. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking... I bet they're going to take it away. Please, you know, it doesn't, just because it says one nothing right now, that doesn't mean anything. And five minutes later when I checked back in, yep, zero, zero. Like, ah, there we go. (laughs) It's like, there is no truth anymore, Bill. I know. I know. I I, I think you have to decide. um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cheer until it's all done or I'm going to cheer twice. I like the second one. So you can make, you can make (laughs) choices. Yeah. So, you you know, all this to be said, and again, I, I I do want to begin and end this conversation with officiating is really hard. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. And I, and I worry about even in youth sports, getting officials out there because you know what, it's really hard and people are really hard on officials. And I do believe they're, I do believe they're trying to do their best job. I do believe that now misapplication of certain rules and those types of things, that stuff has to get cleaned up. No question about it. Yeah, no, that's well said. Yeah. I think in anything, I think just remembering that, yeah, we're, we're human and people make mistakes and you can be as prepared and have the best intentions and be the best official or the best coach or the best forward or the best whatever in the world. And you can still have an off day or make a mistake in a crucial moment and it can affect things. And we need to take those things in stride. And, and just remember, even though this stuff really matters and we care about it and we invest a lot of time in it, it is still just a game. And we just to keep keep that perspective, I think, from a fan's perspective. Yeah, but, I think so. Yeah, and, not and life or death, everybody. It, it, it's not, but certainly it's it's folks' careers though too. And I it and is, so yeah. we so we have to be sensitive in that regard. But I think in the in what we have to work with, we got to continually help educate and get better. Yeah, no, that's well said. So I got the two last things. One, uh, my North London team is going to Old Trafford tomorrow. So we'll see what transpires there. Last time, I think they went there. Ronaldo had a hat trick. So we'll see how that one goes. I think he tends to like us. So uh, we'll see how Ronaldo does that day. But we'll see. But secondarily, and most importantly, is that go Guardians. Hey, <laughs> let's knock out the Yankees. I mean, if the Red yeah. Sox can't be in it, I can always root against the Yankees. Right. It's it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket. Isn't it? It's a really nice thing to have. Yeah. Now, that's like a 5149 thing, too. It's 100-0 when we beat them and knock them out. <laughs> right. Like last year. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Send them home. Stressful. Send beautiful. them home. And, uh, and it was done by us. But it wasn't going to be done by us this year. <laughs> God bless Cleveland. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Steelers 20, Bucks 18. I thought that was going Ooh. to be your final point, by the way. But... I'm not sure there's a lot of good teams in the NFL at this current moment. Mm-hmm. You know, good for the Vikings. They've won games. You know what? And that's all you need to do. You just need you just need stacking stacking wins on top of each other. It doesn't matter how you do it. But right now, there's a lot of uh, NF NFC. I have no idea. I mean, AFC probably has Buffalo's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. They proved themselves in Kansas City again this weekend. But you are right. NFC feels like a lot of three and three, a lot of four and two. God bless the Vikings, but even the five and one that they've done has been maybe a little shaky. So yeah. you just never know. But again, a lot of se- seventeen game season, Bill. 
we're at, we're through you know week six. In the it, the NFL in a in a nutshell, and not to bring up old wounds for you, but you know it was the Giants at seven and seven after fourteen games, and then they go on a run, right? And they mm-hmm. actually beat the Patriots, who hadn't lost a game all year. And it's like that actually can happen. Yeah, it won't happen thing. with the Steelers this year. They're not very good. <laughs> They're not very good. Oh. Bill's in the acceptance stage in his stages of grief. So, well, that's probably the time we got to go. Big thanks to Bill. Big thanks to Alec Johnson and Paul Ralston and the entire behind the scenes crew. We will chat with you again in two weeks. Best of luck to UND hockey and UND football as they take on the number one teams in their respective sports this weekend. Enjoy it all. We'll talk to you soon.